Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. It's been a whole year What? It's been two whole years On blockchain news On blockchain news We've had our ups and downs We've shared a million drinks David Rankin's log 14,000 minutes backstage with the crew and uh i think i'm gonna turn off my punk ape strong uh uh guy because he gets weird um when there's multiple people talking at once all right but i got my striped shirt on cheers guys welcome to blockchain booze i made that because it's episode 104 that literally means we are two years in to every single tuesday night and this is going to be a really fun one. I'm uh, stoked uh, stoked to be here. David David Rankin, who was mentioned in the theme song, he's logged the most amount of minutes uh, on Blockchain Booze. It's like 14,200 and something. Uh, I had to mention you at the beginning, David. Uh, thanks for joining us. For those who are joining on one of the live streams, Blockchain Radio or, uh, or Lunar Crush, Hop into, uh, uh, I'm totally unprepared. Here we go. Hop into the meet.blockchainbooze.io if you want to hang uh, backstage and talk with the uh, talk with the community, ask questions, uh, and I'll bring it up uh, to the crew. But um, guys, welcome to Blockchain Booze. Cheers. 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 Glad to be so here. So I'm I'm so stoked because um, 
One, uh, you know, we, we've got a, a great crew amongst us. As you guys know, we've been talking about, you know, NFT IP probably ever since uh, Jason, you came on uh, many, many, many months ago and you started telling me that my ape is not just an ape because it's an ape, but because we could do some epic shit with it. And we've, we've been doing it. And, and yeah. now we've got so much going on, but... Um, uh, Mr. Suit, Spotty Wi-Fi, this is your first time on uh, on the show itself on on the screen. So welcome, welcome, Spotty. We're all big fans. Uh, we've been we've talked about you before, and we've shared the video of uh, Punk Ape Strong and Reaper and Jason uh, doing their doing their thing. But but welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my honor, man. You know, um, I, I love I love what you guys are doing. I love the topic for tonight. And um, I, I don't get an excuse to pour myself a drink often enough. So I, I appreciate it. <laughs> that sounds good, dude. Thank, thanks for joining us. I know I shot you a note pretty last minute. So I was stoked you were able to join. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Mr. Suit, I think we're going to be uh, doxing you tonight. You made a big announcement for Midpoint this week. Full disclosure, I'm involved in Midpoint and, and all that. But uh Mr. Suit, how's it going? Welcome, welcome to Blockchain Booze. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, yeah, it's been crazy, but uh, exciting. I'm happy that we finally got to announce, and excited to see all the everyone. Everyone's excited about it. So, and it's a little uh, scary. I'm going to be doxing myself tonight. So, <laughs> yeah, finally, I love it. We. When do you want to do that? Do you want to do it soon and uh, turn off your uh, your your filter, or you want to uh, wait? We could talk a little bit about uh, about uh, midpoint and and everything else. Yeah, yeah, I can. I'll go ahead and do it now, just to get it out of the way. All like, right, here we go, uh, Mister Suit unboxing un unboxing himself. It's like <laughs> I'm like like it's like I'm opening a pack of NFTs or something. All right. We need a little jumble. Here we go. Oh, wait. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, guys. <laughs> oh, he's wearing the suit. Oh, oh and I had to wear the suit, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That was great. I'm, I'm proud. Welcome, uh, Mr. Suit, uh, to, to the show. I'm, dude, I'm so stoked you actually wore a suit. <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Mr. Suit, did I meet yeah. I'm I'm sorry if I'm getting confused, but did I meet you? But were you wearing a mask? Like a, yes. a MetaMask mask? Yep. On, uh, on the yeah, we met at Apex. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, wait, I was Twitter, like, I don't recognize Mr. you. But yeah, that's right. You were wearing the mask. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he actually made this really beautiful like MetaMask set and when he came, the first time I ever met Mr. Suit was at the Deadheads event uh, at the NYC conference. He tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around, and there was a fox, like a, an adult man fox, standing there. And I was so taken back. He's like, I'm Mr. Suit. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, so funny. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I got um, I got some pictures of you wearing that that mask with the LED screen thing from from New York. I remember you're like, Punk Ape Strong's here, and I I got some pictures. I was it made me even more jealous. Uh, so, um, man, uh, welcome, 
Spotty, I kind of want, want to start with you because you haven't been on the show and you are um, an epic example of someone taking their IP, right? Grabbing your, uh, your punk and I know you've got Goldrilla, uh, your ape, and uh, utilizing them as a character. Um, you know, what's, I, I know you, you, you put together, you know, objectively great music regardless of the, of the you know, punk and ape ip but but i love that you're using it man i'm, I'm stoked what what kind of made you start doing it man thank you for that um you know it started really just because i saw the power of these symbols you know to for to to to, to it's kind of cheapening these nfts to call them sim symbols you know but um, I just saw people like my my good friend Crypto Novo or my friend G Money. I saw them about a year ago, and I thought it was just really interesting that they were building an audience anonymously or pseudonymously, you know. And as an artist, you always have that impulse or that that uh, desire to figure out how you're going to find, how you're going to captivate an audience, how you're going to find somebody to listen to your music, how you're going to get somebody to appreciate your art. And this just felt like a way to have a built-in audience. You know, it's the same reason, the same reason Adidas would be interested in apes, the same reason Arizona Ice-T would be interested in NFTs. Um, for an artist, it's similar. It's like I can tap into a passionate audience that is going to, uh, their ears are going to perk up when they hear that a crypto punk is now a rapper, you know, and that was really it. And, and also at that time, you know, when, when I put out my first song, I'm spotty in April, I didn't know it was going to be a sustained thing. I didn't know necessarily like I'm going to make an album. Um, I just knew that I had a chance. I used to say like I wanted to be I felt like this was a historic moment and I want to be in the footnotes. And I felt like I could distinguish my crypto punk from the other 10,000 by being the first to do this one thing, even if I just did the one song. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's such a cool thing. And, and I, I literally the probably the same week that Jason was like the IP, they give you the rights, to the IP. And, uh, you know, I think Board Becky had your back. I don't know if it was that week or like a couple weeks later when we had her on the show and we were talking about the whole fame lady squad uh, drama and all that. But like something clicked in my head and I was like, OK, I get it. But I still was like without it's cool, right? Like if you just have an ape, you just have a punk, it's a cool thing to utilize in a flyer or in a poster or in a piece of art, right? But like having the character around it, I think levels it up, right? Like I was I'm on one of the threads where you announced midpoint, uh, Mr. Suit, I, uh, I threw, um, you know, I was saying something to people. I was like, you know, there's all sorts of ways it can be used, but like, get get busy create some characters like not just the picture but like create some background to it like do what jenkins is doing reaper is really good about that on the boring stone team he he signs up to like uh the every kind of opportunity to to give his characters a story he signs up and does it and i think it makes your ape one like worst case scenario we just have a shit ton more fun than the average collector of of, of nfts uh but best case scenario you can create something really fun and really cool i, I keep mentioning midpoint maybe mr suit just give everyone like a 
you know, uh, you know, congratulations again on announcing it this week and getting the sign up page up and getting the site up. But but give everyone a little like 30 second background so I don't keep mentioning it as if everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, Spotty is a perfect example of someone who utilizes the IP of NFTs and really takes advantage of what it means and what they have to offer. Like building a brand out of your NFT is kind of something that's really unique and cool. And like this guy right here. Exactly. <laughs> so like, so why can't all, all NFT owners do that? Um, but how do they do that? Right? Like let's, you have a punk, you have an ape, but how do you really get out there and like easily make it known to companies, brands, artists, musicians, um, local, local stores? Like how do you tell them that you're interested in licensing your, your NFT? So that's kind of why we developed Midpoint um, was to let people share that they're interested in licensing, but then also connect those people who want to license to bring in people from Web2 who aren't familiar with buying an NFT, who don't know how to con at, like buy cryptocurrency, add it to MetaMask, go through the process, and, and also paying $200,000, $300,000 for an ape is kind of a large investment. So we thought it would be better to give people an opportunity to take advantage of the IP of the NFT by allowing them to license it in a really easy to use uh, platform. That's, that's awesome. I mean, we, we talked about it, right. And, and obviously I said I'm involved in stuff, but like the, you know, the idea of we did, you know, Jason and I and, and Reaper, um, we did boring stone together. Right. And, and I mentioned Reaper being really good at doing the stories. A big part of that is his full body apes, right? Like this is one of Reaper's apes. He made like a whole motorcycle club around his guy. He made, uh, you know, me different poses of punk apes strong, but he also, you know, made the version for the mutant, you know, like he, all this stuff made the, those boring stone pages come to life, right? We've got board Becky that he made. Um, and of course I showed Jason the ape. We got him. He made Mike Shinoda's right. Board Shinoda, um, holding the NPC, but like taking it to that whole new level of then going like, well, other than the fun stuff that we do, or maybe us as like, you know, nerds doing boring stone together and doing that kind of thing. When, when does the mainstream take it? Right. Jason, I know you've talked to a ton of mainstream brands who are, who are interested or potentially even, uh, uh, doing it right. Like what, it, what you guys are creating makes a lot of sense. Cause, uh, people that have a little bit of audience might have a different opportunity, but people that don't have an audience that still have that asset still deserve that same opportunity. And you're creating a platform that's kind of uh, engineering that for people. So I, I definitely love what you guys are doing. Because like for myself, guys, I, I can announce this alpha is like Jason the Ape has been licensed out to G Fuel, right? So. Uh, oh, you threw that out. I wasn't sure if you were going to throw that out. And I see some people in the chat were already like that G Fuel shirt. Like, yeah, so. man, yeah, man, like, and, and it's, it's kind of cool. We took my ape, Jason the Ape. We're going to make an NFT collection of it. And then for anyone that, that buys that NFT, they're going to get a Jason the Ape uh, shaker set. I'm going to imagine something very much like this kind of thing, but with Jason the Ape on it. You know what I mean? And so that's going to be a really cool opportunity. But that, that's something that like I've been building my, my brand and my IP since May 1st, day one, you know, putting all these, these shows together. Like not everybody still has done that, but they still deserve an opportunity to connect with any brand that wants to work with them. So 
Mr. Suit, what you guys are creating is very exciting, and I'll definitely have to throw my ape on there. So there's more opportunity for Jason the ape to grow, right? And I think I, I think it just makes sense that you guys are doing something so cool like that. Awesome, thank you. I appreciate it, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, we probably shouldn't shill it the whole time. What I'll just say is, if you're uh, if you have an ape or a punk or a fame lady or a world of women. Um, you can go and like sign up. So you indicate interest, basically. It's not like actually giving your ape to anyone who would never take an NFT out of somebody's wallet. It's just you sign a transaction to prove you own it. And then you put your email address so that if somebody makes an offer to license your NFT, uh, it'll be passed along once uh, uh, very soon. Um, so it's pretty, pretty slick. Uh, I see John in the chat. I just want to, John, you got a shout out in the, uh, in the theme song, bro. Um, uh, but uh, just by the way, it was so funny. I just want to throw this out there. We've been in two years of blockchain booths. There's one particular episode where the guy who at the time was like, he's still with them, I think, but John, um, John from Cointelegraph, he was like their main editor for Cointelegraph, came on pulled the bag of wine out of the wine box and was like drinking it directly from the bag. He was like slapping it and he was out of his mind, but like in like the, the smiliest good way, like having the greatest time of his life. And so many people today, when I threw out there, like, Hey, last minute, actually writing this song with uh, for punk ape strong. Like I got DMS and then publicly like multiple people were like, that was the one moment you've got to mention in the song. <laughs> It was so good because I think everyone came in thinking it was going to be a really serious discussion. Yeah, <laughs> some of, some of the times I've been on your show, I've, I've gotten a little too sloshed. You know, when the first time I was on, I was drinking whiskey neat. I had to switch to Corona for pacing because I didn't realize how long the hour goes sometimes when you're listening and you're just like, it was, uh, it's pretty funny. I've, I've, you know, uh, there's, there's been, there's been lots of moments. It's, it's pretty great. I think one of the times I think I told uh, somebody, I don't normally, I purposely don't drink very much. And a lot of times you guys see me holding that one kind of beer can of that German beer, but it's like half juice, half beer. So it's like 2%. So like that's on purpose because one, one time I had one of those like politicians on like that congressman or something. And I couldn't even, I was just, so glazed over to what he was saying. Um, and I don't know if that's something to brag about or if I just, whatever, but it was pretty damn funny. Um, but yeah, you guys, people in the chat, you do need to grab a beer. This is the hangout session. So this this came about because of quarantine. We wanted to start hanging with friends because we've been locked down for a couple of weeks. So now we're two years of that. Um, but well, let's go back to, to, to the discussion, right? Um, you know, I think that so many people who don't yet have NFTs or don't have um, aren't bought in quite yet. Like it, they need that moment of it clicking or something. And I think people are getting it more and more with the collectible side of an NFT. Like they go, oh, baseball cards, but digital. OK, I get it. Or comic books, whatever. But I think a lot of our friends still don't take the IP side of it seriously. It might just be me because you know, I think that for the longest time, it was the thing that apes say. It reminded me of, and maybe I'm jaded because I've been in the crypto space now for, for a few years. And I know, Jason, you were there with me in, in those early days. And people would like, like people part of some certain community, I don't know, like the chain link community or the, 
EOS community or something would have that like one of those like one-liners they would say as to why their token was going to pump. And it felt to me at the beginning like, oh, this is what apes say. Like, we own the IP. Like, that's why it's special. And I was like, eh, I don't know. But, but I'm obviously like totally down the rabbit hole now. Um, can, yeah. I actually, can I actually share a quick yeah. story about Spotty? The, the first time I saw Spotty perform in Decentraland with Gold Trilla, which is his ape duo partner with Spotty performing, I was blown away by a new reality of what watching a performance was, right? I spent probably- I remember you telling me. Bro, it was surreal. And I I had him on the blockchain uh, breakdown, uh, Boring Stone breakdown right after to ask him, you know, what was it like to perform in the metaverse as a- metaverse performer and that is such a weird new reality you know what i mean like we're redefining celebrity through growing ip it's a fantastic new world i dude i think you're totally right spotty like putting together something like that and, and where, where i was going with with my question is like how how do you explain it to to people even in the nft space but but especially people outside of it and then i'm gonna double down on that metaverse thing because I remember Jason telling me about that. And I, again, I was like, yeah, it's so much fun, whatever. But then I went to the, uh, what was it? Like Chibi Labs or, or who did that New Year's Eve or New Year's Day party. My kids were slapping my hand away from my keyboard because I can't control the central land as well as them. And it was legit. It felt real. Like it didn't feel like I'm just, you know, doing something on the internet. So. Man, it's you know, uh it's so much fun really but because like in, in a metaverse performance there's no physics there's no gravity you know you can anything you could come up with you could do and you can bring to life i mean i have i have gold rilla my cheetah ape hype man he has a saxophone solo you know <laughs> when i do when i do my metaverse shows so um you know it's it's a lot of fun man and, and in terms of explaining it you know um I think the first thing that comes to mind is I, I usually cite the gorillas. I, I usually will mention like, you know, I was inspired by the gorillas, sort of this idea of like being an animated rapper. Um, but, you know, I don't really, I don't think I find myself explaining it um, to non NFT people that much, um, partly because for the last two years, you know, I've, when I leave the house, it's been to go to like NFT NYC or Art Basel or things like that. Like I probably haven't even seen that many non-NFT people, you know, in 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 close quarters, face to face too much. But even philosophically, like I saw um I, I saw Gary V talk at, at NFT NYC and he was saying like he just doesn't spend a lot of time trying to convince people of shit, you know, like and and I'm on that wavelength now too, where like I used to I used to really spend a lot of energy be, even before NFTs like trying to convince my friends like no Bitcoin is this or you know crypto is the future or whatever, um, and I realize I don't know Gary said he said that comes from a place of insecurity and I think that may be true to some extent but really I just feel like the best way to explain it is just to fucking sprint ahead and and get get wins get Ws and then let them 
let them see the see the the news story about it and then start doing their own research because you can't really convince people you know very efficiently all you can really do is inspire them to do their own research you know what i mean and i think the best yeah. way to do that is just to do what we all know um is just to pursue what we know is the future and let them develop their own curiosity you know 100 percent. and you kind of just show people right like you 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 listen to, you know, one of your songs, you see one of your videos, you end up on Twitter and you see some some weird ass puppets singing along to your video. You know, you collect it, you do the stuff and, and you either you're into it or you're not. And I don't think it's something you could really convince people of. I kind of stopped doing that a long time ago. And like every once in a while, somebody will be like, you know, I have to talk to my friends about it because I'll get one of those weird texts where they're like, Bitcoin cash, I heard it's faster. And you're like, no, dude, no. <laughs> and then you have to have the conversation or, or you know, I'll, you know, some some parent at the school will corner me or something and say something about Bitcoin either being awesome or being bad or whatever. And then you start talking to them. But like, it's, I, I, I don't really do the convincing, but it is one of those things though where, when you are talking about it and maybe from the position that I'm in too, like my day job, I'm constantly talking to people and pitching our fund or doing whatever we're doing. Somebody will be like, well, what, why are those apes worth so much? Are they going to dump? Is this going to happen? Is what ape coin and this and that. And I'm not a trader, uh, you know, so it's, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't even speculate on that stuff. I just look at the teams and I look at the people and I go like, do I want to hang with these group of people for the next 10 years? And I'm going to give John from Lunar Crush, who, who I mentioned earlier, like crazy credit. I told you this, Jason, earlier, like a month or two or three ago, Jason said, I mean, Jason, uh, John said to me, uh, board, he said, uh, board apes are uh, Facebook's biggest threat. And, or like he called them a Facebook killer or something like that. And I was like, what? No, come on. Like, they're awesome, but I wouldn't go that far. But look at what's changed in the last month. Look what changed the last two months. It's not at all just some NFT collection. It's not at all just the IP of the apes. It's, you know, it's going to be the, the most popular metaverse that's out there. It is the most engaged and intense community I, I have ever seen. So it's, they actually, you know, there, there's so much truth to what he said. And, and it's, absolutely bonkers it's, it's i will wild. i will say this though um you know one one way i like to show people is i'll just pull up the vid, the video the performance that you're talking about on my phone or like some of my animated music videos yeah and, and people like from all types of backgrounds ages ethnicities like you, you'll be surprised at the joy that it brings people you know just this this these characters on stage together um it's really funny. Like, I mean, I, yeah, like it's pretty crazy. Like I've shown it to like, like I was at, I was at Snoop's studio, you know, recording songs from this death row mixtape and I'm showing guys in the studio, like, yeah, this is, this is my, this is me performing in Decentraland with gold Rilla and DJ mad skills. And guys are like, Oh, that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, damn, that's crazy. You know? And, and for anybody that wants to check that out, just look me up on YouTube. You'll find it. But, um, you know, visuals, visuals. You gotta, yeah, to can I ask you a question, Spotty? Because I, I know you, you show that off. Uh, I would with pride. But like when you showed it to someone like maybe like your mom or your parent, like how did they react to that kind of thing? Because, you know, my mom just calls it my my monkey picture all the time. 
you know, so that, that would be something really fun to share with someone you love. Uh, my, my parents, I, the, you know, they're supportive. They definitely don't understand it a hundred percent, which is easy to under you know, that. I, 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 I don't expect them to, um, right off the gate, out the gate. Uh, I have, I do have family members that send me, uh, you know, I have family members that send me Facebook messages where it's like, you know, I can't even remember some of the article titles, but I definitely get some like, um, you know, people throwing shade with the articles they're sending me, you know, like, like, oh, they're warning me on some shit. It's like, all right, yeah, just keep, keep warning me, you know, I'll, let me know, let me know what to look out for. I'll, I'll, I'll be looking forward to your warnings, you know, for the next few years. And, and meanwhile, you know, I'm just gonna, um, I'm just diamond handing, bro. You, you, you can keep warning me. It's all good. <laughs> It's it's so funny, like the 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 angle people trying to protect you kind of thing is is pretty pretty hilarious uh, sometimes. But dude, Spotty, you gotta you can't just drop Snoop and then just kind of let it go. So we gotta ask you what's going on with Snoop. What's this uh, what's this Death Row mixtape you're talking about? Uh, yeah, so I, I became friends with Snoop's son Cordell, who is is basically his. Um, advisor on all things metaverse all things web three and um he bought one of my nfts which was really cool and he dm'd me like you know hey you know would love to chat i thought it was like a, i thought it was like a snoop dog fan account at first because in on his picture he had this he had snoop's ape as his avatar and i recognized the name brodus because i i know that's snoop's real last name but i just thought it was like a i didn't realize it was his son um and then, you know, one thing led to another and, and uh, flew out there the week before the Super Bowl. We did a few songs together. And then Snoop, uh, he they started minting a mixtape a couple weeks later. I have three songs on that one. Um, their first mixtape. Well, well, also, people might not realize Snoop owns Death Row Records now. So yeah. Snoop acquired Death Row Records from, um, I don't know if it was. I forget the name of the company, but, you know, some huge investment firm that, that owned it. And um, he put out an album, a solo album called Back on Death Row. He partnered with Gala Games and they basically did a modified version of like my model of what I did, where they basically do a blind mint and you're minting the songs and you don't know which song you're going to get. They, they sold $44 million worth of his NFT songs in one week. Now, what artist in the world, I don't care how hot you are, like what artist in the world has made $44 million off of an album, let alone in the first week? Recently? Well, and if, yeah, and if they did, uh, 90% of the money went through the label, through the agencies, through the, the, um, the agents, through all the different filters. <laughs> and then and then they get a bill for for how much the marketing costs and that gets reduced from their cut and everything else. And then they're stoked to make a few million. Um, right. And that's the best, most successful artist in the world. A hundred percent. And th this is what I was saying back in August when I sold my album. I said, if I could do this with at that time, I had fifty five hundred followers. I had fewer than 10,000 streams on Spotify. I said, what happens when an artist with a large platform steps into the arena? And now we know. Um, so following that up, then they put out a, a mixtape. Uh, they minted it on the OpenSea shared contract. Um, and now 
after ApeCoin was released, they put out a new mixtape, which you could only buy with ApeCoin. I have a song on that um, mixtape. And, uh, and it's a dope record. I hope people will check it out. It's called My Ape. Um, you can find it on OpenSea if you, if you search Death Row, uh, Death Row NFT. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping it becomes a little bit of an anthem for the apes, you know, going into this year. But I'm not going to lie to you. I got some I got some more bangers for the apes hey. uh, in, in the barrel and coming very, very soon. We're, I'm actually mixing and mastering a new song this week that um, that Ooh. I'm going to put out, put out in the next week or two. And it's something special for the apes for sure. That that's awesome. So I'm going to throw out there also that, um, you know, uh, all three of you guys were, were behind the scenes putting together a lot of stuff for LA blockchain summit. So, um, I know the other guys know the spotty. If you don't know this, um, I, I'm one of the organizers of LA blockchain summit and pre COVID and all that, it was, uh, one of the biggest conferences in the world for the space. It's about seven or eight years old now. And we're going back to real life this October and it's going to be, it's going to, we doubled the the amount of space we took at the LA convention center. And that was last time we did it, there was 5,000 people there and stuff. So it's going to be really, really wild. And I'm going to put together some, some weird shit, like, um, you know, just for the NFT community. Like we talked about, uh, I kind of teased some of this publicly, but we talked about like getting like some legendary clubs, like the Roxy or something like that to do some special nights, like just private token gated but in real life stuff but um yeah it's gonna be in october uh, i'm just telling people in the chat um it'll be at lablockchainsummit.com we got some updates coming to the site but um what's what i think is really cool is i'm working with a bunch of my old punk friends i was in punk bands growing up and i had my own little record label um and we might put up out a punk ape strong actual vinyl record to uh to give to everyone at the conference but there might be some secret ways where if you actually play the record you'll get some kind of code and you'll be able to mint something and do some cool shit just super fun stuff and it's probably all going to be under the uh boring stone umbrella so um just just keep an eye on that everyone but but spotty will i'll give you details you'll definitely we got to get you there and and do some do some fun crazy shit um hey please please keep me in the loop that sounds amazing yeah, it's uh, it's it's it'll be it'll be crazy. I just know what we're planning behind the scenes, but I bet you that when we start talking to the rest of the NFT community, all sorts of much more interesting and crazy ideas will come from the amplification of it all. Um, so, so I mean, Mister Sue, you're you. Uh, have been in the space for a little while too, because I know you're Mr. MetaMask on Twitter. I know you contributed to some some early Ethereum stuff that I had uh, contributed to and stuff. What got you excited? Because I know I don't remember if you minted them, but very early on you got a few apes and you've been a part of that community. What what convinced you? Because I think there's something different about the ape community too. At least it was for me that felt like it wasn't just the same crypto you know, nerd friends of mine that participated. It was the first time I saw some some more, you know, new blood came into the space, right? Um, so what, but what made, what convinced you to get some apes? Yeah, so that's a good question. I have a fun story about it. So I've been like, I guess, in crypto since 2017. So not too long, but uh, I'd always thought, like I bought a crypto kitty, wish I bought more, wish I got some crypto punks, didn't. <laughs> but uh and then I just followed the space, you know, crypto winter happened between 2017 and like next few years. And then um, like NFTs started really uh, 
taking off. And I always, I always thought they were kind of stupid, um, to be honest. And I followed uh, Maddie on Twitter, which is DCL blogger. And he always made good points about NFTs, collectibles, digital land. And uh, he tweeted about Beeple's open editions. And I saw it and I was like, oh, this is really cool. There's like a physical with a digital, like digital piece, like something you could actually see. And I was like kind of mulling it over in my head. And finally I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to get one. I got one. And I was like super excited. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get one more. And then I just went down the rabbit hole of like going into credit card debt, buying a whole bunch of NFTs on Nifty Gateway. Not, not really, but like racking up those bills um, way more than I ever thought I would. And so that kind of led me to the apes. Um, actually, Punk first. That was kind of like the blue chip. At the time, I ended up buying one. And then I didn't feel like there was that much of a community there. I bought one, but it kind of felt like nothing had changed. Like I meet another Punk. It's just like, eh, whatever. Um, and then I saw the apes on Twitter and I minted mine, uh, at four and then still have all four <laughs> much to the dismay of my family, <laughs> very unhappy about it, but holding strong. Um, Hey, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. But the thing is, if you would have asked somebody, uh, in advance, right, should I do this? Most would say you're fucking insane for doing it in the first place. Now you're fucking insane for holding it. So, you know, it's, we, you know, we all are a little off to, to be here and be early in this space to begin with. Uh, so, and it's, it's, it's paying off. And I, it, it goes along the lines of what I would tell people for the longest time in the crypto space too, because people would be like, is it going to pump? Is it going to do this? Should I do that? And I'm like, if you're long-term and you believe in it, just participate and hang out and it will reward you. Just like apes are doing with us today, but but the whole community, like you get drops based on other things you've done. But like the way I looked at it with, um, with uh, <laughs> BB Studios in the chat, just I got distracted. My ADD he posted that he purchased rugstain.eth. Um, uh, but, uh, anyway, um, the, uh, the thing that I would always tell people in the crypto space, pre NFTs is participate, learn, you're going to be in the top percentile people who understand this shit, even at a surface level. And you're going to be first in line for a job in the future. If, if that's what you're into, if that's what you want now today with NFTs, we can do the same thing with artists and stuff. Like it's not just musicians, but like even the smaller communities that have grown, like the Tezos community, there's artists around the world who are actually making money selling their art on the internet that couldn't make a penny selling their art in real life before. And if they did, it would have to be through a gallery. It would have to be through those, you know, gated kind of elitist environments where you, you know, only a certain percentage could get through and you had to play their games, right? Play their politics. So it's such a, a game changer in that sense, but you know, so, so going into it though, you know, it's, I know that, that all three of you guys are early NFT guys and, and, and crazy into it, but you know, the, um, the, see now BB studios is saying he's selling it on OpenSea, so go check it out, uh, for those watching. Um, Hey, by the way, people in the chat, I know there's a ton of you uh, throwing random questions. I can't follow through in the chat that easily. It's just distracting. So I try not to look at it because I do this. But throw it into the QA because in a couple minutes I'll go into the Q and A and I'll grab questions from there. Um, I'll just throw this up really quick. It was LA Blockchain Summit, Nina, um, and uh, and anyway. So 
we're, we're all early, we're all nerdy NFT people, but we're also insane and holding on because we, we believe in this, this long-term value. We're not selling it or pumping it and dumping it and selling it out. I think we've all at this point, you know, Mr. Suit, you just launched a company, but I know Jason, you've done all sorts of other projects. Spotty, you, you just ex- told us about a bunch of cool things you're doing. Um, the mixtapes and and I know that you've done your collections where most of us I think are if not all of us are collectors of it um, and uh, you know we've all found a way to take that like the fun part of our NFT the collection and kind of turn it into if not a job it's hard to say a job because like I was playing my guitar between meetings and playing with a cartoon you know ape right that's not really a job that was fun for me but um, the, uh, the, you know, we've now taken this, this IP, because this, that's what the topic is, we've turned it into something more, we've turned it into characters, and we've built on top of it. And I think that over time, we have the ability to, if we haven't already, create more value than if we would have just sold, sold our, our apes, right? You know, I guess I'll, I'll start with Jason, but what, like, for you, was it a conscious decision to do that financially or did you just do it because it was a fun thing at first or a combo of both because i know you did the boring show really really early and and you know put your ape out there and you know yeah no for for me man it was um i was i was a content creator already so i just found it like a new fun way to create content and to simultaneously reach out to the community so like you said i started the, a cartoon show called the boring show which was a really fun interview of a bunch of awesome apes. And I sat down and and watched them the other day. Jenkins, the valet was my first guest. And it was like watching a time machine. Like we talked about stuff that he was going to do before he ever did it. You know, Um, bored. Becky was one of the 20 guests. She talked about her love for fame lady squad before they ever took over the fame lady squad, you know? So it was almost like a premonition of reality. Um, I just did that for the fun of it, to be honest with you. Not not for the money, no. Like, I paid 250 bucks for my ape. So it wasn't really ever about money. It was like having fun and connecting. And I saw their people with striped shirts with my ape. So I reached out to them. And the next thing you know, they're on my show, exactly like yours. And someone says, oh, you know, that person's super famous in real life. And I'm like, no, they. I have no idea who they are. And it ended up being Tom Sachs or someone like that, you know, and it didn't matter because all that mattered is we were having fun playing around. Right. And all of us being in the crypto space, we're stressed a lot. We don't get time to play and play is super important. So I saw it as my opportunity to just play with a bunch of silly, smart people. And um, I never in a million years would have guessed that it I'd now be able to have like a NFT project based off my NFT. Uh, Another one coming out soon of a drink, like I'm going to have a Jason, the banana flavor or something like that. It's so crazy. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, throwing it out there. One of the things that came and and we met one of the crew here, everybody knows uh, Sailor Gary with his premium cocktails is another great example of the IP. Oh, <laughs> both of you have them. Um, if you look at the back of that, uh, uh, Mr. Suit, you see, uh, you see the ape and the story there's Sailor Gary, the uh, master distiller of, uh, of vodka but what's fun about it all i think too is that like 
in everybody's right, you're professional. Like, like Mr. Suit, you're an engineer in real life. Spotty, you're you're a killer, you know, musician and rapper and, and artist. Jason, you're a content creator, marketer, all, all of the shit and, and great at what you do. You know, I have a day job. I invest in startups, right? But we all kind of took what we're doing. You know, even Sailor Gary, right? These are a couple of scientists who have a, like an award-winning vodka distillery. And we just go like, how are we going to turn this, this IP we own into something fun? And not just fun, but real businesses and, and real life, uh, uh, you know, um, real life business, right? Like I, <laughs> I had a call. <laughs> I had a call with an investor in our fund and he's like, what's the latest trend in this and that, whatever. And I'm just like, IP rights and ownership of these apes and what's going to happen with them and stuff. And like one day I'm literally discussing like regulated securities offerings and how you can use the blockchain to like enable digital securities and security tokens. And then the next, the next moment I'm like, you see these cartoons? fucking awesome bro and it's like it's so funny because like uh it's it's but but we this is like jason i always say this to you i'm like this is real life like this is our real life and and oftentimes the way that i'll explain it to um people who may not understand it is like i'll say imagine owning tony the tiger and being able to do whatever you want with it that's what this is that's all that it is in the in that sense is like we own this mascot who can become larger than us. He can be in existence longer than I will live, right? Like I could literally pass my ape on to a future generation and allow someone else to take over that character and no one would be the wiser. That's what this kind of IP right gives us. It's it's cool. Like I think that Mr. Suit, you were like showing me some data and we looked it up on one of our hang sessions and it was like the IP licensing market was like a couple hundred billion dollars a year in the United States. And it was like 44%, I think it was like, uh, don't, don't quote me exactly people watching, but I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like 44% of it is character licensing. And then like 15, 20% is music. Right. And now all of a sudden there's a way you can combine them all. Like I bought one of the Snoop NFTs that give me the rights to the beat to make a remix. That's, assigning intellectual property rights right like to me that was the same as going to the store and getting the vinyl record of the um the uh uh, the track right you could get the um the instrumental track uh but like imagine if the instrumental track came with a piece of paper saying you're allowed to publish you know your versions of it it's not just for a dj not just for partying and having some fun with your friends but you can actually use this and license it it's it's really really epic and you know it, it doesn't also, I guess I want to tell people, and then I want to jump into questions the last 10 minutes or so, but like, I want to tell people who are watching, it's not just also cartoons and it's not just also music. Like that's just us scratching the surface. Like it goes the same way with artists, right? Like artists who post pictures on like Getty images and things like that are getting screwed by the middleman. These are actual photographers, artists, videographers who go and create content that then gets used by people and used to make money and do things. But there's like 10 middlemen in the middle that are taking a big chunk of it and doing what we were talking about with artists. This is just the first step in, in that sort of journey of, of shifting 
shifting it like Bitcoin did and what like Ethereum is doing now with, with crypto, right? Like the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of the world without a single gun being fired, right? We're, we're just doing that. Uh, we're doing that now with, with, for artists and for creators. It's, it's mind blowing and epic. So let me jump into the QA and I feel like I'm talking too much. So guys, feel free to interrupt me too. I'm, you know, on a, on a roll, I guess tonight. I don't know. Um, Okay, Mr. Suit. Let's see, Ape, we're trying to talk to you to understand. You know, there's two questions here specifically for you, Mr. Suit. Um, I guess they're just generally asking um, a little more about Midpoint. I guess they said, what's the mechanism you're using for staking your NFTs? Is it just for digital use? How do you uh, go about regulating the off-chain use of IP? I've got I've got a bit of I had some a cool call today, but but yeah, maybe clarify too that I the ape isn't going anywhere, right? Right. Yeah. So that's one of the big things. Um, the ape doesn't leave your wallet. Uh, you don't grant any permissions, any smart contracts, or us. Basically, all you do right now for to join the waitlist is connect your wallet, sign a message to prove that you actually own the wallet and the NFTs, and then you just add your NFTs. Right now, um, everything's off chain. So you don't have to worry about the security. The safety and security of your NFTs are the most important thing because you own it and without it, then there's no point in licensing your IP. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw out there like people who are careful, you have every right and you should be really careful. There's too many scams and crazy things. Pay attention to transactions. If you're just signing a transaction, that pretty much means you're safe. But 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 Messing. learn to understand what MetaMask is doing um, when you just click on shit. <laughs> yeah, look look at what you're signing. So like signing a string message is generally safe. It could be like, it, it could have data that would allow someone to maliciously attack your wallet. But generally, if it's like a plain string text that you can read that says like, please sign this to verify your wallet, it's generally safe. Cool. Um, Spotty, uh, Brad threw, threw this out here. Um, Brad Turney put, are you participating in the revenue from the songs that you did with Snoop? Yeah, we are, you know, just like when you would, um, when you would write a song before NFTs, uh, it's always best practice to, as soon as the song is written, uh, to sit down together. Usually what actually happens is everybody's kind of like, um, not sober at the moment so afterwards you kind of send a text chain or an email chain around and you kind of figure out what we call the song splits um so yeah we have we have song splits that basically determine um not only the the revenue split for the nfts but also the publishing splits if the song was to gain traction on streaming services or be synced in a film or something like that so we so we have those splits figured out um but for me it's really like the, the money is great, but it's just, it's an awesome, it's an awesome look for me. You know, I, I was put on an email today, just today, somebody was sending an email introduction. They said, you know, Spotty's collaborated with Snoop Dogg and, and Bun B. And it's like, well, I have, I'm not actually on a song with Snoop Dogg. I'm on a mixtape that he's publishing, but it's like, you know what? Sure. Close enough. <laughs> like that, that works, you know? Um, Take it. That's that's really really cool. And is there an on-chain way of keeping track of any of the revenues or things like that for for the the mix? I mean, the mixtapes. I guess you could you could very easily watch on like the contract on EtherScan and things like that. But is there some some way of doing that in a professional way uh, yet? 
Um, you know, somebody was just telling me about a, a, a platform that's helping automate it. Um, but right now we're doing it manually. Um, and this is even how I, how I'm doing it with my song that I have with Bun B is, um, I send him a manual payment, um, either at the end of the month or if we hit a certain secondary revenue, um, marker, um, uh, because as far as I understand, as far as I know on OpenSea, I believe, um, you can only assign one wallet per, yeah. per NFT or per collection to receive revenue. But, um, I also know that like, there are other ways to do it, like through the smart contract, it's just a little bit over my head. So yeah, now, it's we've yeah, probably it. unnecessarily cumbersome for like a two person team, right? You could, you could square it away once a month or, or however you plan on it, but there probably are some like fancy ways of like having open C send it to a contract that then automatically like splits it or something percentage wise. Oh, okay. Um, but it's, it's too, it's, it's overly complicated, but you know what it reminds me of, um, you know, think about this, like how far we've come, but also how beginning this is. Yeah. Um, I, when I was doing my crowdfunding businesses and, and the platform that I built for back in the day, I launched it in uh, like 2008 and then, you know, it went on until probably 2012 or so. Sometime in that mix, I went to the PayPal developers conference to learn what they were building. And they launched something called adaptive payments. And it was the first time ever that you could like take a payment on the internet and be like, Jason gets 90%, Alon gets 10%. Until that point, you couldn't do that. Before that day, I had to actually have as a business, we had to have lawyers create escrow accounts for us. So when somebody submitted to a crowdfunding uh, campaign, it went into the escrow account. And then when the campaign was over, we had to manually send the money in two different places. It was like a huge, huge, huge pain in the ass. And um, literally this like two, three weeks after PayPal did that, then Stripe launched and Stripe was brand new and they made it so you can split payments. So it's it's essentially, I would assume, a matter of time till till OpenSea just makes that a feature of a collection, right? Like ownership splits. Like why shouldn't all the founders or maybe two wallets, like a community wallet and then a different kind of wallet, you know, split the money automatically, um, uh, you know? And then and then it makes it would make life so much easier. We gotta we gotta lobby OpenSea for it. Let's uh, get. Um, Oh, we got a lot of the open sea for a lot. No, but, but really, I think, um, I mean, I know the demand is there. I see artists asking for this all the time. Um, and, and really all marketplaces should be on top of this. I, I want to say, I know there's one marketplace that's more of a curated one. I want to say maybe it's super rare where they make it easier to split, um, payouts, but it is not the industry standard right now, which is kind of surprising. I guess one argument you could make is, you know, back when gas fees were higher, you know, if, if your payments are being auto distributed, then you might get caught at a time when gas is really high. Um, so like now, if it's, if your auto payment is only going to one wallet, one transaction, then you're only risking paying one high gas fee. And then you can use your discretion, I guess, of when you're going to distribute yeah. from there. But, um, but even that should be auto that even that yeah. should be a setting where I can say like, you know, just hold my money until the gas is, you know, below a certain amount. So, you know, 
yeah. again, it's like we're in the infancy right now. You know, the, the, we the, used the, to airdrop. You, we used to airdrop tokens or get airdrops all the time. Now it's become standard to redeem the tokens in a drop, right? Like you would go and just choose when you're going to take them for that reason, right? Like it's kind of insane for OpenSea to even be sending, you know, like. 0.02 ETH, you know, distributions, right? They should just be letting it sit there and collect until you're ready to do it. But at least in those situations, they're paying that single gas fee, I think. Um, but uh, but there, there, there needs to be a better way in some of these things. But I think, uh, you know, I think we're, we're getting a little out of time. I want to give, um, hold on, just, uh, oh, David Rankin asked when other NFTs will be added to Midpoint. I think, Mr. Suit, you were going to uh, maybe put a poll to, to ask um, the community what, which ones, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good question. Yeah, so there are, it's limited by what collections give uh, NFT owners full IP rights and commercial rights, but we're going to put out a poll and so you can submit which collections you'd like to see added for support next. And then we'll go ahead and work on that and add them. Awesome. So I'm going to, um, before I go and ask everyone to give some plugs and stuff, uh, whoever's watching on the streams, I see there's a, still a ton of you on the streams. Come to meet.blockchainbooze.io because when we're done in a minute, you'll be able to turn on your camera, hang out at tables if you want and, and uh, hang with the community. There's a lot of us out here. Um, and uh, have some fun. There's there's a lot of cool uh, community members. I will say that in the last two years, I, I did have some like stats I was going to say because of two years, but we, we started talking about this stuff. Uh, I'll throw it out on Twitter, but like in two years, we made investments in companies who met each other in the tables, in the backstage kind of thing. Literally uh, in the last two years, We've grown uh, DGH like I think 3x in terms of size of team and not a single person is in the same time zone as another person on the team, um, which is really fucking cool. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I got to meet so many of you. So, so I appreciate it. So those of you who are watching um, uh, on one of the streams, come to meet.blockchainboost.io. Um, Jason, why don't you go first? Give everyone some plugs, where to find you, uh, where to follow you. And, uh, and you know, I, I'm staring at that G Fuel logo. Uh, give Literally, guys, just follow Boring Stone NFT. Um, that's, that's a project that is near and dear to my heart since I run the socials. Uh, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have some silly, we, like our MO day one has been silly fun. And we have a lot of silly fun planned for you guys. So just follow us there and uh, stay tuned. If you want to have silly disconnect time from the intense reality that you guys have, come hang out. Love it. Love it. Spotty, where's the best place to follow you and uh, support you? Uh, definitely Twitter right now, at Spotty Wi-Fi. I have my link tree in my bio where you can find links to my Discord and my my collections on different marketplaces and things like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, be on the lookout. I'm, I'm going to be at NFTLA. Uh, well, I'm going to be in Los Angeles this Friday until the end of the month. I'm going to be everywhere, you know. Um, I'm going to be performing probably half a handful of times four or five, six times throughout the week speaking. And um, and then I'm coming back to Miami for NFT Week Miami on April 1st. I'll be performing. Um, so if you guys are in LA or Miami, check that out. And then just be on the lookout because I'm dropping new music very, very soon. 
Heck yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, Mr. Suit, what's the best place to follow you? Yeah, uh, I guess probably Twitter would be at Mr. MetaMask. Um, and then you could also check out if you're interested in the IP marketplace would be midpoint.market. Awesome. Guys, I, I really, really uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you, Mr. Suit and Spotty for joining for the first time. Thank you, Jason, for joining again and being uh, my main man. Cheers. I'm, I'm just drinking the ice now. Uh, hey, Jason. But thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Look forward to so many more uh, uh, of these fun things. And here's to uh, two more years of, of blockchain and booze. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Jason, if you're in LA, we got to hang, man. Bro, I'll be at the NFT.